Welcome to History Through a House. I'm Isadora Martin Dye. You have my husband, Ben. Yep. <laughs> and you have Adam. Hello. History of a House is where we talk about the history of England, but we look at the history of England through the house that we are currently in and renovating called Longlands, which is just on the outskirts of Dartmoor National Park. Yeah. So it's a bit like if these walls could talk, except it's more like if this house had eyes. <laughs> yes, and as we are currently... <laughs> Also about 4,000 years before this house was even begun to be built. It's also if this house had memories of the people. What do these rocks want to tell us? All right, so... You ever do that? You ever dig like six feet down and be like, this rock has been here forever? (laughs) No. I do that sometimes. Well, I was shoveling all of the the grime out of the old house today. It was a bit like that. Yeah. But it was more like, I'm really glad we're getting this out of the house. Because it's sort of like... The house feels like it can breathe. It's like very expressive now. It seems yeah. a lot happier that all that crap is off of the... Alright, I think it's really important to tell everyone why, firstly, we haven't recorded in three weeks. Corona! That's not really why. No, well, slightly why. And also what we've been doing. We are changing the name of the podcast to Quarantine Cast. <laughs> so, about three weeks ago, Ben and I headed back to Virginia, which is where uh, we have another old house that we run as a wedding venue. Um, with the plan of uh, and where we live sometimes uh, with the plan of running a couple of weddings um, one of the houses on the, over there we had some work to do on it however within... hi Jen hi Reagan we had fun at your wedding <laughs> um, avid listeners friends of the car oh, friends uh, of the pod yeah, yeah, uh, it's nice that we can do that now. yeah and we um, got to go back and do the wedding which was fantastic but we also landed in Virginia as Corona started becoming a thing. Uh, to be fair, not that as, anybody believed it because it was a hoax. <laughs> uh, to be fair, as we took off from England, it was very quiet in Heathrow, and you could see that it was starting. Yeah. By the time we landed, we were in full gloves, isolation, masks, masks yeah. keeping ourselves um, we quiet. Down our airplane seat. So by the time I yelled we... at the stewardess for not wearing gloves when she handed me things. Which freaked Ben out. Crazy. He's not great at this kind of thing. Smack those pretzels out of her hands. Um, ben suffers quite badly from anxiety, and this has not been a great few weeks for him. She's like, do you want a drink? I was like, not if you're touching it. Hey. Sorry, bleep. Sorry. Not if you're, not if you're touching it. Sorry. Start that bit over. <laughs> I will bleep that out. Are we, okay. are we bleeping? Yeah, we're bleeping. Not to mention that because of Corona, there's a lot of kids at home that yeah, need to learn some history. my grandma has to listen to this podcast. So since we started recording two weeks ago, we've had some weird people come out the woodworks to tell us that they listen to it, which is quite good fun. But probably my favorite. Come out of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) But probably my favorite is Adam's grandmother, who sent Adam an email saying he liked she liked the iPod he recommended, (laughs) which um, was adorable. Was adorable. Grandmother's dead. The other grandmother. Oh, you have another grandmother? Yeah, I've got two. So um, so we are aware that um, people listen to this um, who are of all ages and yeah. things. So I always no, find it weird it that like, as you go from like your parents, grandparents, and then like exponentially more and more. So like I have four great-grandmothers. You, you would have. And I have eight great-great-grandmothers. How often do you commune with them? <laughs> I don't. I, I know don't. you've been using that Ouija board a lot. I don't commune <laughs> with them. But I'm just like... I'm have like, you just realized... I'm like, 120 years, is... 120 years ago, you had 100 million. I was related to 16 different grandparents, yeah. and they could have been anywhere 
They could have lived entire lives that I still don't know about. <laughs> you will never know about because that's not this podcast. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, Adam's dad is super into genealogy, so all you got to do is ask him, and he will tell you where <laughs> you're. I always wonder, like, well. at what point? Like, maybe this is something I should do my research on. But at, like, what point does like the people you're related to? supersede the population and it sort of goes from being a triangle into coming back into a diamond. Like forever. Like millions of years ago. Like back to well, that no, one they're like, man they're like, who they're like out of People Africa. have only been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Okay, yeah. let's be real clear that we you, you got taught about this like two podcasts a ago. I know I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this for two podcasts. <laughs> for two months. But at some point it goes from a tri- like a triangle to a di- like a at diamond. some point, yeah. At some point you're related to everybody on Earth. Yes. And then it's like We're all related. those people start <laughs> all of those people start dying off. Dora and I are technically related. And it goes it goes back this way. Yeah. Well there's not there's not enough written history. To, to know when that happens. I'm not, like, trying to figure out his name. I just, like, trying to Ask figure out Ask dad. Ask my dad. Not your dad. Ask my dad. <laughs> because he probably has mapped it back close to far enough. Okay. On a totally No, no. Slightly... I, I don't want to know who I'm related to. I just want to know, like, mathematically how those numbers work. Like, at what point do you become related to everybody as then the pop Like, it exceeds the population. Let us know next week. Okay. You're um, welcome. By next week, I mean tomorrow. Yeah, okay. luckily, the quarantine means we can sort of catch up on the three weeks yeah, that we were off. absolutely, and I've already done most of the research. So, we got back about a week ago, but obviously it wasn't fair to put Adam in a room with Ben and I, who were semi-self-isolating. We got back about ten days ago. Okay, who remembers where we were at the end of last podcast? Uh, the house hadn't even been built yet. Did people exist yet? Did we talk about the dinosaur bones last time? Yeah, we talked about the fake dinosaur bones. Uh, well, we were doing math about dinosaurs. We're bad at doing... No, we talked this was about four people. weeks ago. We also talked about people. Did we? Yeah, we had a whole episode between the Jurassic stuff and where we talked about Neolithic people. Did we talk about caves? Yeah. And mammoths. Remember, they were hunting mammoths? Not a single thing. There were mammoths here? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I know they found mammoth. You said they found a mammoth skeleton in the cave and then people robbed the cave out. Yeah. That was the episode. That was the first episode. Oh, then I don't remember the second episode at all. <laughs> Was the second <laughs> is this this is the third one, not right? Not the fourth one. This is the third one. I have no idea where we are. No, I'm gonna try to figure this out. So the first one about caves was dinosaurs. Yes, and then what do you love? Ago. What do you love learning about and watching on? Oh, TV? the next one was flints. Oh, we did okay. Flints. We did talk yeah, about yeah, flints. Yeah. We talked See? about we talked about mining. Yeah, we talked about we the, the fun clay. That was the again. Was I think the first one. It because shouldn't have been. I think that they weren't mining. At this point in history, no, we, were talking, we about, were talking about how there was, oh, was that a, clay deposits. Was that a we, tangential? Tangential. Um, so last week we talked about, or well, not last week, but last podcast. Well, last week, just don't let them know that this is. This <laughs> Did we talk about stuff. druids? No, we've no. still no. not got to druids. Yet. Sorry, Stonehenge. We talked about the Neolithic people and the Stone Age. Okay. Did these people live in houses? They build houses? They lived in caves and then they moved into houses. Remember, this was as they started... We talked started... about the, the, the concentric rings that, yes! with, uh, that were used for, for herding sheep. Mm-hmm. Or maybe defense. Enclosures. Enclosures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's from sheep. Because that's why the, the village would have been built on the I don't hill. know if you know this, yeah. but Neolithic sheep were the size of Volkswagens. <laughs> Wasn't everything? As big as the size of... 
They found turtles the size of bold questions. All right, so we've remembered where we were last week. Okay. The, um, what we've been working on in the old house this week is, to be honest, just a whole load of demolition. It's awesome. Um, it's a lot of fun. I just time. walk out of the house, kick down a wall, punch it, walk out. And honestly, that's legitimately what we're doing. If you see it peeling, you rip it off is the deal with that the house, old house right now. <laughs> the biggest issue we're having with the old house right now is about an hour or two ago, we found out that our historic official who had been to see it and had given us the go-ahead on it, what things we wanted to do has now left Dartmoor National Park and they no longer have a historic person because they can't interview because of corona so we don't know what we are allowed to do or not allowed to do right now ask, does that mean that the go-ahead has been like cancelled no it doesn't mean the go-ahead has been cancelled it's the opposite just do whatever you want and say it was there beforehand <laughs> <laughs> no it also doesn't mean that but we have we've got this brand new chimney well i said brand new 50 year old chimney that's sticking through the sticking through the roof of the old house and it's creating a whole load of leaks which is destroying a lot of the older part of the old house so we want to take it out so we can solidify the roof but to do that we have to have i think we're going to have to have permission uh, because we never talked about it with the original person yeah, no, so it wasn't leaking until well we just didn't realize that was rain. what the breach yeah, was like the worst leak in the entire house um, so we're hoping that we get the word from planning that we can take that chimney out, which will actually therefore allow us to dry out the house, which will make a huge difference to the work we can do in there. Do you need the permission from Dartmoor because taking that chimney out changes the way, like the just like the app, like the visage of the house? Like I don't fully understand like why so, the park has control over whether or not you can take that chimney out. Because British planning has control over everything. You right, do. but why Dartmoor? Is that just because that's, that's, that, that's, that's just the planning committee? That's the planning committee of, that okay. works on the historic part around here. The reason why we have to ask them to take permission for taking the chimney out is twofold. One, really with grade two listed buildings, what they're listing is the look of the building on the outside. Right. They're not primarily concerned with how it looks on the inside. Right. Although in our house, we hover very closely between grade two and grade one. Mm -hmm because we have a lot of that wood paneling inside, which is incredibly historic, like uh, the stuff. entrance hall. Okay, yeah, yeah. The front two the, rooms. The screens. Yeah, the screens and stuff. That two over two is very historic. So they really want to watch what we do with that, mm. even though technically it's not. Yeah. But the chimney would not be considered historic at all, but technically, because it's on the outside of the building, they need to yeah. tell us we can take it down. Okay. So it kind of, it's a weird... It does sound like it would be pretty easy to convince somebody that this is leaking in and destroying a house that was built before written history. Honestly, I hope that that is the case. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking it will be the case. I'm also hoping that they'll be okay with some of the internal stuff that we found where we've like taken back ceilings and realized that the roof rafters underneath them are very modern mm -hmm. and have been built poorly and we need to readjust those. And yeah. uh, uh, generally the way the historic buildings work is that, um, what did he, what did she say to us? As long as you're improving. Yeah, as long as we know that we're improving the house, we shouldn't be too worried about um, the planning, about, the, about the, the historical aspects of it. But I think she, I mean, she said that very specifically after talking to us and realizing how much we care about the history in general. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're always going to do it with an eye for history. We're not going to sort of go in there and be like, oh, like, this room's stupid. Let's put in a modern bathroom. It right? would improve yeah. the room to have a 
it would improve the house to have an open plan living disco space. Disco balls are the best. Um, no, so <laughs> I, I she would have been a bit worried. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think everything everything we wanted to do originally was absolutely fine, but obviously as you start with anything, as you start peeling the layers back, it makes stuff much more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've got no one that we can. Uh, previous yeah, you have, to like, this, you have no line of contact with Dartmoor. Yeah, no. previous to this, she no, said. No, we're not even sure if she's like passing our information on to the next person. Because right. there was no clear changeover because of Corona, everyone's at home. Yeah, I think Dor should apply for the job. Talked about it a bunch. Did you really? I wasn't. Was I? Oh, I was too busy eating salad and not sandwiches. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting an interesting thing as to whether they've handed over the case and where we're at with that. Hopefully, nothing still continuing and nothing we want to do is too much of an issue. Um, we did find a cob wall, which is really interesting. Yeah. Except I know nothing about it, so I'm going to learn about it and somehow integrate it into next yeah, week's week podcast. How it's on the like? Why is it on the second floor? Like none of the other walls are cob. So it's like stone, then cob, and then and then, then like, more stone, and then some then timber. Yeah, like it's you'll have to check out the Instagram because it is the I stood there and stared at it for an hour. It's weird. It's twice. really weird. Yesterday so, and today was just like why? It was just also like how? Yeah, how? I was like, why wouldn't you be better off doing this in all stone? Mm-hmm. Why would you do a stone? You're doing you basically did stone for ten feet to the ceiling height. Then they did cob for about six feet. Then there's another two feet of stone. Then there's 18 inches of, of lathe, right? Like a plaster lathe. No, of just of yeah, of timber. Well, of timber, void, yeah. Yeah. timber, yeah. And then the roof. It's really, really weird, and I'm going to look into it and see if I can find some historic justification for it. Yeah. And in which case, I'll try and tie it back into the podcast. Well, I was. I mean, the thing is, is the part that's timber. Mm-hmm. It must be fairly new because it raises off of the old. Um. Oh, what's the word? Uh, roof line. Okay. Like, oh, so yeah. it raises it off the old roof line by, like, a foot and a half. Were they just, was it just, like, a few times they just decided to move the roof off? I think what happened was is they wanted the ceilings downstairs to be higher. Oh. So they moved the downstairs ceilings up higher. And, and lost they, all the space. Yeah, so, like. But they can't have done that in the old, in the old front bit. No, so the old front bit, they built up. Because but if you go, if you think about it, right, that the kitchen has a really high ceiling. And then you go up the stairs, yeah. so you're on the second story, you walk around the staircase, and then to go into the other, into you go walk into down. the other room, you walk down. You walk down two stairs. Yeah, you walk down two stairs. So it's just like, oh. there's no, like, the other thing about the house is that no two room heights are, are the, the same. same. No. In no. the old bits. In the new bits, I think they're fairly consistent, but in the older bits, it's And like, I'm hoping that as we get further towards actually how this house would have been built we can actually peel back the layers of yeah, what it's wild it's cool and it's really good fun to look at it that's where we're at that's what we covered yeah. that's where we've been what are we gonna talk about today we are going to talk about the end of the neolithic period um and moving into the copper and bronze age um what we are not going to talk about which is a big piece of the history around this time and that everyone is interested in is stone circles and hedges because we are going to do a full-on Stone Circle and Henges episode next episode. We're going to do it in cosplay and you won't even be able to see it. Um, I want to dress up like a stone. I think you're going to dress up like a druid. No, no, no. no, no. Um, I'm going to dress up like a stone. Like a Adam's sheep. going to dress up like a stone and you're going to dress up like a stone. Me and I are going to stand there while you lay on top of our 
and we will get Mumsy to photograph it for all of you to see. Um, no, so we're gonna do a we're gonna do a full on uh, Henge and Stone Circle episode. So excited because really, particularly Stonehenge covers a huge breadth of the different people that we're talking about. It's been there for such a long time that it's really interesting. It would be interesting to trace it, but almost you guys need to have an understanding of who the people are so that when we trace the history of Stonehenge, it all kind of makes sense to you. We'll do a Stonehenge special. That's it. Next week. Tomorrow. great. <laughs> Next week and tomorrow. Um, okay, so we are not going to talk about that. Um, we are going to talk uh, next week. We're also going to touch on the Hennock Stone Circle up in the reservoir. Because I didn't know about this. Oh, have you not seen the episode? I mean, you oh, the, the one episode. that's in the reservoir, the, the time team the special. In the yeah, so we're going to talk about the Hennock, Hennock Stone Circle because obviously it's yeah, a mile like, from I here, and then uh, how that relates to Stonehenge and circles in general. Okay, that was their practice one. There was just a small one they built in Hannock. You wouldn't believe it. We found a scroll buried in the wall of the old house that said that the stone circle <laughs> in the reservoir was a practice run. All right. Okay, let's start with... We're going to talk about the Bronze Age very specifically, or the early Bronze Age very specifically. And so But let's talk about what... Copper? Copper? Is it copper then So bronze? copper then bronze. So there's... Copper was short. Yes, and there's this very. What do you mean it was short. Oh, like the age, bronze, the actual yeah, age. Yeah, was short. yeah. yeah. yeah because, oh, because they, they very quickly realized they could make yeah. bronze out of copper. Yes, and exactly. Tin, yeah, yeah. So. Tin? Yeah. Copper and tin. Okay. You said that with confidence. Because <laughs> of a question. All right, so let's talk about what is bronze. Um, as you guys just said, just very said, correctly, yeah. it's, copper. <laughs> it's copper and tin. And as you may remember from episode one, those two things are both very, very common around here. Yeah, that's true. So, in fact, this area was a huge area. And this is the southwest Wales, huge area for bronze, the Bronze Age people. Yeah. Um, because they had access to so much. Bronze is interesting because it's mostly copper, but it mixed in with the tin. But along with that comes a whole load of different minerals and stuff that would get mixed in with it as they mined it. So, actually, it acts like an isotopic fingerprint. So, they can look at what the... We're going to talk about isotopes twice today. Ugh. Um, Isotropics? I don't, I may have made that word up. Isotopic. Oh. Uh, it's isotope, so it's isotopic. Isotopic fingerprint, right? That would be the word. We're going to get slammed somewhere <laughs> for this. Um, but <laughs> what it means is that they can actually look at things that have been discovered in different places and tie back oh, where they came like from. specifically. A bit like they know people were traveling between Egypt and America back in this period yeah. because they can test that the cocaine that's really cool oh. the cocaine we're gonna have to bleep that out <laughs> oh, cocaine coca yeah, like yeah, the cocaine yeah. actual like the leaves. Leaves. Um, like cocaine leaves yeah, that people plants. used to chew on is only grown in southern America and yet was found in the tombs of the Egyptians or something like that that okay. was probably really bad history but there is Whatever. some <laughs> there is definitely evidence to show That's that really there cool. was huge amounts of trade and migration between those different things and they can look at the copper in the same way mm-hmm. since i always like to talk about how these things have progressed through to modern day times and what we use them for bronze is for baby shoes yeah for baby feet Baby shoes and third place medals. <laughs> Actually, third place medals is definitely one of them. Sculptures, which is the baby shoes, is it? Debatable. But they have got a whole load of other uses. One of the things that's most interesting about copper and how it's used today is that it actually doesn't create sparks when it's hit against other metal. 
So it's because it's so soft. It is. So they use it a lot when they're making explosives. Oh. And that's also why you find copper cannonballs, bron- like the bronze cannonballs. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought they so, were all lead. No, so, so a lot of yeah. a lot of cannonballs were bronze because they had very little friction between them and other metals. Yeah. So yeah. you could use a bronze cannonball and you wouldn't get it backfiring on Bron- you as much. Bronze like self-lubricates, which is kind of like weird. Like, that, it does, like, it, it, like because it's, it's so solid, it just sort of shows. Yeah, exactly. So it's actually... Got- third place losers can never hold on to their medals. <laughs> that means they're, they're used in bushings. Winning, they're used if you're not first, you're last. They're used as bushings and stuff. Like bronze. And yeah, they are. As a, as a bushing. Um, because it... Coils and a lot of springs and things like that. They're used in small engine parts a lot. So actually, this incredibly ancient technology of bronze, where they used to melt it down and pour it into sand molds to make stuff, is still used now. It's still used now. Um, Other things it gets used for historically are mirrors. Before they could figure out how to make glass into mirrors, Uh, most mirrors were copper. Really? Highly polishable. Um, Yeah, bronze. Cool. Yeah. Wait, so does that mean that this area progressed like very quickly, like into the bronze, age? like like advanced more quickly than its like counterparts? Yes, like there's very little evidence of bronze age activity in other parts of the country at mm-hmm. all. That's generally like what this age is called, and it's because the technology of producing bronze became a thing, and bronze started to be found. Actually, what we're going to talk about today are the beaker any sign of recognition. We talked about the beakers in episode two for like a hot second. Okay. I think it was just a tangent and I don't remember what about. You guys won't the beakers, it's like the oldest. <laughs> we did. The beakers are the oldest civilization. Dora remembers this because she had to edit the episode. And you, you went, me, 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 we me, 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 I think you did the Swedish chef, but that might have gotten cut from that episode. I was trying really hard not to do the Muppets. Whenever <laughs> anybody says the beakers, I'm just like. I approve. I appreciate. Okay. They're the they're not Meso are they Mesopotamian? Are they pre Mesopotamian? I don't know. Weren't there people in Mesopotamia before there were people in what is now the like the the, the Fertile Crescent? You're saying a lot of words that don't are mean. Are you a lot just of saying to me. words or is no, that sounds like an actual thing? Have. Whoa. That sounds like something okay. you, that I was in. That would be the same seventh grade <laughs> history class. And it was Mesopotamia. <laughs> Okay, and that was I'm oh, sorry, sorry dog. Um, and that's and like stuck in my head. It's like the first that was first world history, first world okay. civilization. Okay. That, that sounds like the same pocket you'd pull the Pangea factoid out of. So like, is yeah. it is it it's like, like dark void of my brain that shows up? All right, with like pub quiz. <laughs> I know this. Okay, so let's talk about it's, this. It's it like may be, it's pre Ottoman. You may be right and you may be wrong, all at the same time. It's. I'm just curious if it's. It's Schrodinger's Ben's knowledge. Okay, and I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why. Um, The beakers started to show up towards the end of the Neolithic period, okay? But we are going to talk about two very distinct pieces of knowledge. We are talking pre-2018 and post-2018, okay? Which may sound really weird and very, very modern. Well, pre-2018 is very many. Before 2018, I was 30. <laughs> Post 2013, I was 2018. I was 31. So you mean that 2018? Yes. You mean two years ago? Yes. Okay. So there are two really okay. So I'm gonna tell you what I. Don't know if you I meant not BC. 
BCE. No, I'm going to tell you what knowledge. There's many different schools of knowledge of the beakers. Now you've got to remember the beakers did not have a written language. So we're going to talk about what the knowledge of the beakers used to be, what the what people used to believe about them. Okay, because actually in some ways it's very very cool. I'm not totally wrong, but it's really 2018 changed a lot of stuff. Cool, let's the do beakers. it. Okay. Ben's 31st birthday really changed all the knowledge about the beakers. You're welcome, okay. beakers. So the beakers were interesting primarily because it was the first example of a trend. Cool. So previous to this, people had been living... You mean like they started wearing capris? Yeah, exactly. Even the dudes? No, they literally started making... V, they're called V-shaped buttons. They actually had a style of button that became popular. And they started making these bell beaker jars, which is uh, where they so got their name start, from. You can start finding out like what period of beaker history based on the trend? Yeah, or not even based on the trend, but where how trends moved. Mm, so okay. if you think about it now, and we have a social media... I, I actually got so super into this more than I thought I would. I actually didn't think I knew anything about beakers. Turns out I didn't. Does it have to do with the 90s coming back in 2018? That's kind of a thing. That's... Uh, but in the same way God. that you can... Okay, but in the same way that you can trace that one of the reasons the 90s came back now is because Friends got put in Netflix. Mm -hmm. Okay? So you I can see... I knew you were going to say this. But you can see where trends started and where they moved to, right? So previously, the beakers were seen primarily as a trend. Okay. So it would have been like Beatles Mania or... Um, they watched Friends. Yeah. Or someone watched like, Friends. Oh, Joey's got a V-shaped so, button. <laughs> yeah, so next door neighbor village, they saw they had a V-shaped button and they started doing okay. V-shaped buttons. And, and they, then, just, they, just, they just attached the name Beaker to it? Like how well, did the, Beaker get associated with it? Because they the started finding it about this point uh, that a lot of the pottery that was coming up was an inverted bell-shaped Beaker. Okay. And they were in loads of different sides, loads of different... It's like a goblet. Yeah, it, it's... Every, we're, Dude, all, we're doing we're this all with our hands. Now, we're all now you doing... You put your wrists together and point your fingers upwards and separate them by about six inches. It looks very religious. But then it had a, And then it had a lip on it. Now, here we go. This will make you excited. They also found the first traces of alcohol in these beakers. Yes. Of course. Um, the beakers, I'm a big fan of the history of alcohol. Yep, and these guys were the first people to have uh, fermented stuff in drinks. Um, dinosaurs fermented things. In their tummies. No, no, no. They would, like, knock fruit off of trees and then let the fruit get old and they get hammered on that old fruit. <laughs> I think I've heard of a horse doing that. That sounds like, that sounds like prison. <laughs> welcome prison, dinosaurs. Dinosaur so Ooch. there Ooh. were a whole load of trends that came through at this point. And it was the first time that they'd really seen trends. Mm -hmm. Okay, one of the people... major ones was obviously where how they got their name, the Bell Beakers. Okay, <laughs> Ben subtly opening his can of cider, cider. But there were a whole load of other things. There was a prevalence of the use of archery. They found a lot more. Really? Uh, yeah, found well, a lot more. It's a good way to kill somebody. They're cowards. A lot more with this bendy piece of wood. Uh, a lot more bows and arrow. They found that started single burials. As opposed to mass burials, as opposed to putting several people in a tomb, mm. they put one person in a tomb. And um, the, this not only not only did it show that there was this flow of good, uh, this flow of trend out, but by studying the isotopes coming back, they realised that goods were coming back from England into Brittany and the Baltic. And it was a the Baltic. Yeah. The Baltic. The Baltic. 
Don't ask me. I'm not the guy. Is the Baltic north of here? Yeah. Uh, no, the it's Baltic the Baltic between Russia and yes. Alaska. Yeah. No. That's what I thought. Baltic's like round Russia, the Baltic Sea. Ru- yeah, between Russia and Alaska. I don't think I know where Alaska is. It's, it's next to Russia. It's up there. Google it. It's in the nebulous. Um, no, anyway. is that the Bering Strait? That's the Bering Strait. The Baltic Sea's in Europe. Yeah. But they're called... No, those are the Falklands. Where those, are are the, in, those are in South America. The Baltic. The Baltic know. states are in south of Russia, like... They're like south... Are they Eastern European I think they're countries. Slovakia, Slovenia... Yugoslavia, that kind The ones that, that do Alexis. really well in the Eurovision then where is the Baltic Sea? In it's that there. area. Is it landlocked? It would have to be. I think so, yes. Interesting. Good at math. We have a landlocked lake in the States. We don't call it a sea, and it's bigger than some seas. Yeah, I mean, Lake Erie is probably bigger than the Baltic Sea. And then you have the Mediterranean Sea, which should not be a sea, because it is attached to an ocean. Okay, anyway. All right. <laughs> um, so, the Baltic. It, so, you can see that goods were going back and forth. This is real trade. We kind of touched upon it briefly last time, which is this idea of communities coming together for protection Sharing to look buns. after the... Yeah, basically. This big is barrels. I'm just like... Big barrels of buns. I'm just very confused. <laughs> and like, booze. Somebody was like, this bun's a circle, this bun's a square. Somebody's like, you know, it'd be real crazy. We cut the corners we, that square. If we cut the square in half and then put another triangle in the middle. Okay, here's my thing. V-shaped buttons. Do you think it could have been because they were really into their archery and therefore it was like a way of showing that they were... Archers? Yeah. Archers. Maybe. I mean, but also like maybe they were just cutting the holes for their buttons too big. And the, the, the circular buttons weren't working anymore, so they had to use a triangle. Maybe the beakers were just stupid. <laughs> well, we'll get on to that. So anyway, at this point, though, there's still not... Com- no, but like at this point, though, you have to understand, people still don't know that the beakers are a people. There's no evidence of this. So it's like a tribe. It's or, a or, trend. So, so the, Okay, so the beakers are a specific group of people. That was the theory. We're just calling it... But now we're going to say that post-2018. But we're going to talk a bit more about okay. where this so is... All- so pre-2018, people thought it was just a trend and not a specific group they, But it was a whole lot of argument. They right. were a very mysterious group. They still are, to be fair, a very mm. mysterious group. There's no written history of them. Yeah, because there was no written history. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the Druids. Um, Pre-Druids. So... Let's talk about death, because, you know, that's always the best way yeah, to yeah. talk about people who are... This is going to be a segue into the Beakers again. We're talking we're about the Beakers about, the whole oh, geez, episode. We're still talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. We We're not talking about friends anymore. We're talking about the Beakers the whole episode. This is a Beaker episode, okay? Oh, we should have practiced All right. This is the Beaker breakdown. <laughs> we're going to talk about two, two different types of death. The first one is that we're going to take um, a chamber... Uh, we're going to take a tomb chamber that is in Torbay. Which is very is not far away from here at all. Okay. Um, it's a chambered tomb. It's Neolithic. Um, honestly, I would have talked about this last week had I known anything about it. But it acts as a really good example as to how the trends have changed. It's a really cool piece of local history that should have been talked about. So I want to just kind of interject it here. It's really unique in England in that it is a chambered tomb. So much like the Egyptians, you will walk into an entrance down a hallway into a chamber, which is then covered in mounds. It's similar in size as well. Or are they much smaller? It's much smaller. Those are big boulder chasers. No. Okay, just making sure. Um, but it is made out of stone. It's actually the oldest stone building in the southwest of England. Is it built into the hill, or did they carve it out of the... Older out than of our it's house? It's built onto the hill. It's built onto the... Okay. So it's actually like a... It's like a mausoleum. You know when you... It's eat, a hobbit yes. hole. 
You know, it, yeah, it's somewhere between the two. A mausoleum and a hobbit hole. <laughs> Some of my favorite place. Um, so it's pretty cool, and it's in a farmer's field, and apparently it's a, it's a grade one scheduled listed monument, which means it's the most scheduled yeah, of all of the monuments. you cannot touch it. It was used at one point it. as a hedge boundary. So there's a hedge, someone laid a hedge that went basically right over the top of it. It's in some farmer's field, you can't get to it, but it's one of the most historically significant sites in the whole of England. Cool. What do you mean you can't, if it's just in a field, can't you just walk into the field? No, because it's someone's private property. Oh, and there's probably not a public byway going near it. Probably for the best, really, because someone will go in and burgle all the bones or whatever's left in there. So there's two different types. So here's the thing. This rock is the oldest rock. Yeah, I mean, these are really old rocks. Okay, so you've got this mausoleum. I wonder yeah. if it's called, I forget what it's called, because it points a direction. Yeah, so there's not many of them in England. I think one other one. This is a European trend. So oh, time team somebody was making one. Okay. For like, and he like got a bunch of his friends in the village to like say they'd get buried in it. So I think that there's... Um, but it's got a name. I think it's called... Um, What's interesting about this, or what I found interesting about it, other than obviously all the other interesting stuff I just talked about, is that the first sign of burials in it was a multiple burial. So it was two adults and a child with a few pots and things like that. Like a that. family burial. Yes. Assumedly. That's what I took away from it, yeah. um, is that it was a family burial. Then there is evidence that the place was cleansed and smudged, and then they buried someone else in there. Quite long a bit barrow. There. Long barrow. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, as well. so it's, it's similar to a long barrow. But it's... We talked uh, about barrows in the last episode. Yeah, it's similar to a long barrow, but it's actually... It's not... It's got an entranceway. It's it's like a... It's a building. Yes, it's a building. But I thought... I thought barrows had entranceways. I think that they're just a two. Do you have the notes from last episode? Okay. Well, you say cleansed. Like, they went... Like, the people they, like, went back in. They, like, literally went and smudged the negative energy or whatever and made and it... And they removed the bodies as well? No, the bodies are still there, and then they threw another body in. That's weird. Super weird. And then they treated it as a single burial. Yes. That place so is this, definitely haunted. So this is as the... Do you know what's... Okay, total segue here. I was looking for... Spoiler alert, there isn't... Firstly, I felt like I didn't want to do a murder death. I feel like there's too much negativity going on right now. Um, and I couldn't find a cool one. <laughs> More importantly. <laughs> More importantly, couldn't find a cool one. Um, and so I went looking for ghost stories. There are almost no ghost stories about that Neolithic... Place? No, just generally, Neolithic... Is that because they were advancing, age they were like advancing too quickly to have ghost stories? I think it's got to do with written down. Oh. They didn't... They didn't write anything down. They didn't write anything down. Also, here is where we start seeing them start treating people's deaths as as we treat people's deaths, which is you say goodbye to the person and you bury them and yeah. and they go off to the afterlife. Beforehand, almost the deaths were revered as like they became godlike. Oh. So there was like a different... Like it's like ascension as opposed to like moving on. Yes. So with that, now they start. you start seeing grave goods, serious grave goods being buried with people. Like what they do in the in the, the pyramids. Yes. Okay. So at this period, we're looking at like grave goods is a really cool combination of words. <laughs> okay. At uh, this point, we're looking at grave goods getting buried. So the this tomb, they're just talking about a few pots, even with a single burial. It's really early in this beaker trend movement. Okay. Hmm. The second wave people died. No, I think we're still in the first wave people. Are we're in the end of the Neolithic, so the long barrows and stuff we were talking about. We're mm. at the very end of that before the beaker way of. Okay, no, you it just said like there are two ways people died. 
And oh, I was, Barry, sorry. Oh, okay, and I was like... Yeah, I so was, I was, yeah. I was like, where they die, and then where they don't die. <laughs> where they die now, and then where they die later. <laughs> no, so this is two ways that they're buried. So we kind of... Between these two tombs, the, the second one I'm about to get to, oh, you can start to see this the way that burials change. We briefly touched on it last episode. Yeah, it's kind of weird because the... In the last episode, we talked about how all of the cysts that they found yeah. were only big enough for one person. Yes. So why would they move from single-person burials in the cysts to multiple burials? To mausoleums. So, to like mausoleums, and then again back to a single burial. It, and, and there's no written... There's no way we can know real There's people. no real written knowledge of this. I will say that one of the cysts we touched upon last week... Do you remember me telling you it was a girl buried in a bear cape? Mm-hmm. Yes. And she had a... She actually had a bronze brooch. Do you remember me saying this is a little... We're yeah, going to talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. this because it's a site they excavated. Mm-hmm. But... Back when the king gave permission for all the sisters. Yeah, yeah. No, this was one that was getting destroyed by erosion. So they, okay. I think they, yeah. they, in 2011, excavated this site. So I think when I mentioned last time, I said, look, we're jumping ahead a little bit in history here. Mm-hmm. So now we're, now we're in that period. Okay, that's when that happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's when she would have been buried. That's when she would have been buried. We're going to talk about the other tomb, which is the Amesbury Archer. Mm. Now, we're jumping to Stonehenge again. Uh, we're jumping past Stonehenge. We're jumping to Stonehenge again. Okay. So you know how every time I drive past Stonehenge, I'm like, I really want to dig up one of those burial mounds. Yeah. Um, when nearby to Stonehenge... <laughs> I, I, I heard it. I can hear it in your, yeah. in your brain. <laughs> Sorry, we edited that out. Um, we went on a very bad diatribe. Um, Sorry, we need five seconds for station recognition. So, in Amesbury, which is very close to Stonehenge, they were building a school. And in that school were a few burial mounds, and they did give them permission to excavate these burial mounds, um, which is when they found the Amesbury Archer. Now what we're talking about is a typical post-Beaker trend burial. This is one guy. He was in his 30, 35 to 45. So life expectancies Pretty normal for that time, right? has come on yeah. from when we were talking about Neolithic period. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 35 to 45. He had a busted leg, which kind of wasted away, and they could see, you know, I would say a fairly typical normal death at that period. You um, broke your leg and you couldn't set it properly, so you died. Yeah, basically. Walked with a limp. And it wasted away is what it looks you like. You just oh. cut it off and put a stick in it. <laughs> anyway, what was... Re- okay, so he was buried with... And I'm going to turn to my computer with this because... You know what? It's super interesting. No, it's just that there's a lot of information here, and I want to make sure I get it right because it is interesting. What are you doing on Wikipedia? Not Wikipedia. I'm on (laughs) Wiltshire and Swindon History Center, which is where he was dug up. Is that better or worse than Wikipedia? (laughs) .co.org. No, .eu. No, it's a .eu, so we know it's right. That's legit. EU. Education. Ah, okay. The grave is one of the most well-furnished of the early Bronze Age period in Britain and appears to be of high status. This is not only due to the quantity of finds, almost 100 pieces found with him, but also the quality. The archer was discovered with three gold hair ornaments, two, so stone, two stone wrist guards for arching, archery. When You guys have done an archery. Oh, thing. when you, it keeps yes. the, yeah. the, the string from hitting A wrist. cushion he stone. He did have hair, and the three hair things were just to keep on his toupee. <laughs> a cushion stone associated with metalworking, three, three copper knives... Five beakers with plaited cord or combed surface decoration, a cachet of flints, arrowheads, bone objects, a shell bell ring. 
The finds are in extremely con good condition, in particular three of the beakers. The decoration on the beakers indicate that they are very rare and of a high quality. This was a guy that was important. So I moved off from the website now, which was so, telling facts. So sorry, when you said, I thought you meant like furniture. Um, <laughs> furnishings were like the stuff that any, like any object he was doing. Yeah, he, yes. The Ikea chair that he bought. And... So it's his stuff that he was taking to the afterlife. Okay. So usually what you were buried with was stuff that they felt that you would need in the afterlife. So he was obviously an archer. He mm -hmm. got sent with all of his archery equipment, bows and arrows and things like that. He was obviously... Um, wealthy. He had a lot of jewelry. It was finely decorated. It was gold the stuff. gold stuff. Although you got to remember, gold wasn't quite. It wasn't gold. Oh no! Be, oh no! No. So at this point, you're looking at much as gold was always popular because it never loses its luster. So the cool thing about gold is when you dig it up, it looks as shiny and as good as the day you buried it. That's really it. weird. Oh, because it doesn't corrode or no. it doesn't oxidize. Yeah, which. That's mainly why I want to dig up a burial mine because I think it'd be so cool to in the dark see the glinting gold, uh, just like the day it went in. You're gonna get arrested in a few years. If if, if I'm gonna do one thing wrong, I'm gonna um, rob a tomb. Okay, so <laughs> illegal. <laughs> it's kind of an impressive thing. We're gonna talk a bit about more about him in the Stonehenge. I imagine it's actually an impressive thing, not just kind of. Oh, it's a very impressive yeah. thing. We're gonna talk a bit more about him in Stonehenge because there are some theories that he was integral to some of the makings of Stonehenge, mm. which is why he was buried so close and with the most opulent grave that they've got thus far dug up. So what's the difference between Stonehenge and this grave? Oh, a matter of like a mile. Oh, okay. So it's miles. very, very, very like, close. Yeah, very, very close. So... But we don't even know what's in the other burial mounds around Stonehenge. No, like no, cut, they haven't. They could all be similar to his... They've dug up a few. They're, like, for instance, it's saying here there was another grave right next to him. Uh, it had two gold hair ornaments. Not nearly as important as his chipping wasn't as big. You know, it's it was nowhere near the kind of grave goods yeah. that the Amesbury Archer had. But this shows the trend of single burial. Yeah, this is more to do with the fact of like you're looking at even the chamber tomb would have been one of the more is the big stone building one of the few in the southwest. We're talking about an expensive, important burial here mm -hmm. in Torbay. So that was an expensive, important burial of that time. Mm -hmm jump forward a relatively few years in this time period. This whole time period we're talking about two to three thousand BCE up to about fifteen hundred BCE compared to our last jump, which was like a hundred thousand yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one before that. So we're talking about a much smaller, like really kind of thousand year period here. Yeah. And so it was a huge difference. Um it showed a lot about their religious beliefs and what they thought you needed to go to the afterlife with. But also, even technology. The arrows were a new technology that he was buried with. So um, they were flint, right? Yeah, still that, flint. Okay. Still flint, because that was one of the, still the best thing, really, to shoot yeah, as yeah. an arrow tip. They weren't, they weren't forging steel yet, so they no. could have still been using flint. Because, let's face it, it's bronze, bronze is not going to... Bronze is bad as, a, as an, an arrow. So, it feels like it has low friction. That's not true. Just, not through the air. Or just, <laughs> it would just slide through you. <laughs> But it, very heavy. But they are, um, they're looking at different ways of barbing it, different ways of mm. flighting the arrows, different ways of cutting the arrowhead. So at this point, people are exploring technology, I think is one of the major things. We talked about how in the Neolithic time, people were using art and decoration was a huge thing. They had beadwork. Do you remember any of this? Not a thing. Beadwork, stained beads, glass beads. I don't remember that at all. I don't think they were glass beads. Damn. 
Stone beads. Stone beads. Stone clay beads. I do. Yes, you do remember. Um, and the paintings on the walls, on the cave walls. You know, you've seen. I've seen them. Stone, I don't remember talking stone about them. Stone man paintings. Okay. Stone man paintings. Stone man paintings. Anyway, so now we're looking at more at technology. They are still. They're living in a fairly similar way as the Neolithic people. They're like still sort of starting to congregate, but not. We're not, not talking really. towns and centers yeah. here. They're still like. A, are they still like a fairly nomadic? Yes. Not a whole lot of grocery stores. No. Not a single one, probably. Okay. Now we're going to talk 2018. Right. Literally, this is called Big Science. Big Science. Wait, so this is... Super Science. Did we cover... Did we get the alliteration? Did we cover the second way people are buried? Oh, it was the the group burials and then the... Yeah, like the advancement of burials. So now we can move on as to why post-2018 is important. Why post twenty eighteen is very important. Because Ben turned thirty one. Because turned thirty, I did. Because of the beaker. It's that. because of big nope. science. It's because I know the maths. Because of big science. Okay, I I was googling this and looking at it, and I just wanted to point out that this is how the sun's headline. Okay, you, Adam doesn't know what the sun is. It's like the sun the one the page three. Yeah, the sun has the tree. Page three of the sun has a naked, topless woman. Naked topless woman. You can buy this. You can buy a newspaper. newspaper. With a topless lady on the third page. Why? Page one, coronavirus. Page two, Boris Johnson. Page three, topless lady. Wait, so is this some sort of like the Inquirer in the States, but like taken seriously? No. No? No. Is it worse than the Inquirer? No, it's more serious than the Inquirer. There's a lot of sports. Like it's, the Inquirer is like Bat Boy. It's a meme, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no. The Sun is like an actual The newspaper. Sun is like news with a topless lady. Um, okay, Why? so here's a really horrible thing to say about the Sun. But they, it's famously, they try not to use words that are longer than two syllables. Ah. I have no more to add to that. Okay. It's still news. Okay. Yeah, they're like, so they're right, didn't like, they released some internal memos by accident that said, like, please use the smallest words possible. Yes, and us. only five or six word sentences. You do sort of learn that in journalism school, though. Okay, so, all right, this is how they, this is how their headline of, yeah, Adam is actually a journalist. Sort of. All of us. We keep trying to tell them to take those three more credits. (laughs) Okay, so here is how the Sun announced the discovery in 2018. First, Britain's wiped out by boozy beaker people. I love that. Which I just thought was one of the best headlines. It's great alliteration. It's got good flow. Yeah. That's a tattoo. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's a tattoo. Okay. So, we're coming back to the Ainsbury Archer, because what happened with the Ainsbury Archer is... What happened with the Ainsbury Archer is they actually tested the isotopes. You hear it again. Right. In his teeth. And they showed that his the Ains- in his teeth. And they showed that the Ainsbury Archer primarily grew up in Switzerland. Chocolate and watches. That's pretty far for him to have ridden a horse and or walked to England. To what Stonehenge. Do you think the, what do you think yeah. the odds are that he's related to Roger Federer? Is Roger Federer Swedish? He's Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking about Switzerland. Yes. Whoops, I thought she said Sweden. <laughs> uh, probably pretty good. Only like three people come from Switzerland. Yeah, they're all bankers. <laughs> or and, they they, play, and a tennis player. Or played to professional tennis. So they realized that he came from Switzerland. Cool. Yeah. We'll have to go into that in a little bit more detail, I think, because I don't understand, like, what would still have been left on his teeth from Switzerland to Stonehenge. Okay, so we're going to talk about the the big science that happened. Yeah. 
One of the major things that I learned about was that when it comes to isotopes, you can actually tell a lot about where people have been and come from. So, so Archerman was Swiss. So Archerman was Swiss. It has a lot to do with how your bones grow and I guess your oh. teeth. So the other thing, so what happened, the big science that happened in 2018, I assume it started long before that, but they finished it in 2018, the results were released, was that they started DNA testing, about 400 skeletons in this period. There was somebody who realized that an inner ear bone was a really good place for DNA deposits. And because it was an inner ear bone, very, it didn't get corroded as badly over the years mm. as most of the rest of the bones. So they could actually start isolating DNA from all these different bodies. They tested about 400 from around the world around this period. Primarily, what they were trying to do is look at were the beakers a people or were they a trend? Mm -hmm. And the primary theory had been that they'd been a trend. Now, when they started testing people in Europe, this they took what was considered the beaker DNA, which was actually out of kind of the very furthest southern bits of Europe. And... Well, for, I mean, the, the beakers primarily, when you think about beaker settlements, they're in Portugal and Spain. And there's this other group of people. Now, here's where I totally butcher their name. Um, they the are... The Yakers. <laughs> no, they are called the Yamanea. Y-A-M-N-A-Y-A. Can I read it? Yamania? Yamania. No, that's not Okay. Probably close enough. Um, who also seem to mix with the Beaker people. They were coming from the north a bit more, um, and they were more of what's considered a warrior tribe, and somehow they and the Beakers got mixed. North where? Uh, like Sweden. Oh, okay. <laughs> Switzerland. Okay. From the... So, uh, almost like Nordic. Yeah. So, not, it's like, so almost Vikings. Yeah, this is bef way before Vikings. Pre-pre-Vikings. Pre yeah. Pre-pre-pre-Vikings. Uh, Anyway, so this mix of DNA, they found that what happened in Europe was that the trend spread. They were finding examples of beaker pottery, but not really finding examples of beaker DNA. Right. So that proved that it was a spread of trends versus a spread of people. Yeah. Well, no, beforehand, they just, they just made this assumption. Now they're finding evidence that in Europe, it was a spread of trend, not a spread of people. Britain was a totally different matter. So in England, they must have come up through the southwest. Mm -hmm. And within several generations, there is no sign of Neolithic DNA, and it is all beaker DNA in Britain, in the British bodies that they tested. Huh. Now, here's where we come on to a couple of different theories. Uh, there is one gentleman who seems to come up with a theory that the Yamanaya people were a warrior tribe, and that the they had decided to adopt the beaker culture as part of the trend. And then just... And then conquered. just in conquered England. However, from everything I can find, and I, I don't know the guy's name, and his, I'm sure he's done his research, so but he's probably uh, very. Much I feel like this podcast is very thoroughly, <laughs> very thorough. However, thoroughly thorough. <laughs> a lot of people think that what he's talking about is just bull. His name is probably Robert. <laughs> um, I could just sense that. Um, what? The theory is, is that actually by the time the Beakers started making their way into England, that the Neanderthals were dying out. They suspect... Why would the Neanderthals die out? Well, they suspect, and tell me if this sounds familiar in any way, that as people, as the people came into England, they, they brought with them some diseases. diseases. <laughs> they brought with them some disease. 
that no one had seen before and the British population as an island at this point had not been exposed to and therefore wiped out most of the native population. That's happened um, a couple times over here. Well, that's happened a couple times over here. Well, not only has it happened over in the US in a fairly significant way, some may argue that it's happening right now. Cheers is a new it's disease. All those Yamnayans are coming down <laughs> spreading COVID-19. So there, then there's some other things, which is maybe their way of farming just wasn't we talked a little bit about how they were def- using a lot of deforestation. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were just... Um, yeah. They didn't really understand crop crop planting. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that there's no evidence of like large-scale like slaughter taking and place. And this is one of the major reasons why this guy's theory is pretty discredited. Yeah. It's because if a whole load of people had been killed off, You'd find there would be that. some evidence of that. There is no evidence of a mass genocide from the Beaker people. Is there evidence of a disease? Like in the no, they think it might have been bubonic plague. Oh, for the first time. For the first time. Part one. Because it's such a quick killer and it doesn't actually do... That's... Does it not affect the body at all? When it actually well, the dies? thing is, is like people only have skeletal. So like the easiest way to tell... In the boils. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the easiest way to tell is, is like bone... Like with with certain diseases, there's like the only way you can really tell is bone degradation. Mm. Yeah, and that's the, true. And like leprosy and... The bubonic yeah. plague just doesn't affect your... Although the bones are so degraded. Any viral disease, you die so quickly that your bones don't degrade. Whereas, like, you hit a certain age, like osteoporosis sets in, like, you can start aging. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, Yeah, whereas if a bunch of people start to, like, it's just like, oh, Oh, this is a healthy skeleton that died from a viral or bacterial infection. Yeah, this is a 20 year old. So take a person that unfortunately died of corona. Yeah. That's a respiratory disease that killed them. Yeah, they never so would be able to know. You would never really like, know. Like, there's nothing else wrong with the skeleton. We can maybe assume that it yeah, was. Yeah, whereas, like, if you break your leg and it turns gangrene, you can see that. Like, you see the bacterial infection in the bones. Yeah. So, hmm. that was really. Science! So, like, so does that mean. Big that, science! Does that mean that they found a lot of, like, what would be assumed were healthy skeletons. Well, this is the other side of it. And this is why they think that perhaps also there was a... Maybe there was a swamp to a, a degradation <laughs> of farming techniques and things like that, that they just weren't repopulating. Because, no, they haven't found. Yeah. I mean, there's not a huge number of skeletons at this point anyway. Mm-hmm. Most of these, as we talked about, most of these graves have been robbed and When they were open and burials. They were open and burials. Yeah. yeah. So there's not a ton of bodies. We're talking... All like, of this the bodies evidence. we find at this point, like, those 400 bodies are, like, accidentally found as bodies. Yeah, we're talking about, like, three skeletons in the southwest that, like, so hundred, you, can make, you should make a bone detector, like, a metal detector. 118 of these skeletons, 118 of these skeletons were from England, which meant that England had actually provided the most skeleton yeah. um, bones to this research. I think it was a university in England that did the research, that pioneered the research mm. anyway. Um, so, what they now believe is that the beakers were actually a a population of migrant farmers. Mm -hmm. Um, They were very skilled potters, archers. They were kind of Renaissance men, but many, many years of Renaissance. Way before the Renaissance. Way before the Renaissance. Renaissance was before. Renaissance part one. No. No, I'm just kidding. No. Even I Um, know that. (laughs) And they had no fixed abode, and they basically just kind of wandered into Britain. Um, And they were very... and, And this is the idea, is that they were actually quite friendly, which is why there's so much pottery and stuff. People... People liked them. Um, there's evidence that they helped repair Stonehenge, which we'll get into. But they weren't a hated... There's not any evidence that they were a hated people. Yeah. There's not really evidence that they were a people at all until they started doing this. Um, and then they realized that not only 
but the whole face of Britain would have changed. Legitimately, at that point, they've done... You know how they can take your DNA and look at what kind of your complexion would be and everything. Mm. Up until this point, England was a very Mediterranean-looking country. The people would have looked um, Italian. And now the beakers were actually very blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Where were they coming from? They were coming from south of Britain. So they were coming from south of Europe. Okay, south of Europe. But and and don't forget, actually, there are there are fair skinned people yeah, well, in that the, area. The Caucasus Mountains are in parts of Africa, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. So and also, concerning. there's this mix of this northern tribe that came that down came, as the, well. The, 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 the Yamanamanamans. Yamanamanamans. So, so what we've got coming into England now is actually kind of people that look like me. Yeah. Oh yeah, because everybody here can see what you look like. Okay. Blonder, fair-skinned, blue-eyed. What you think of when you think of a typical Brit, really, which is not Mediterranean. It's no. much more of a a fairer complexion. Bunch of gingers. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and actually that's what they think. They had the gingers. The beakers are all hair. gingers. She anyway. All the beakers, you just call them the gingers. And there's definitely this idea of a merging of culture. However, there is not this idea of a merging of DNA. We are talking within three or four generations, the Neolithic people went from being 100% of the British population to like 10% of the British population. How long? In like three or four generations. Okay. It was a hugely rapid turnover of population. That would only be like 120 years. Yeah. If like the, yeah. How? Like why would it have Over a few, it was a few hundred years, but yeah. Were the the beakers only breeding with other beakers? So this is what they don't know. Because they don't know whether it was... Evidence is that they perhaps weren't a totally racially integral... I mean, it, there's no evidence that they wouldn't have bred with... Neolithic people. Neolithic people. Except they didn't. Whereas in Europe, the DNA becomes much more mixed. Mm-hmm. So in Europe, the DNA becomes much more mixed. So this lends to this idea that something was happening to the native Britons at that point. Where they were dying out... Mm-hmm. versus weird and the beakers just took over from where they left off like they did, but did they come in as like the neolithic people were dying out or did they like come in and then the neolithic people started dying out it's really hard to tell because we're talking 200 skeletons yeah, it's not, it doesn't yeah. it's There's not no... enough to show is enough to show that there was this huge turnover of dna mm-hmm. but not enough to show what was merging i mean this is three years ago they didn't know that whether it was a merging of culture or culture people. Or people, or people yeah. or, um, so they're still learning. Hmm. That sounds very suspicious. Beakers using apple seeds to poison all the Neolithic people. Well, it's a really interesting thing. And then, of course, the beakers kind of. There's, a, there's no record of the beakers. There's no name for them. We call them the beakers. Mm-hmm. But actually, as a population, they have no written history. So... We don't know who they were. They think that they turned into the Celts. Oh, so they would have moved farther. They would have just kept moving north. Kept so. migrating. Or well, what about the Picts? And the Picts. But yeah. if you Which think about the Picts, the ones that drew pictures. That's not helpful to me. No, what? and it's also not. And also not true. Yeah, they drew pictures. Uh, what region? Uh, they were, I think, more the Welsh. Version. I was going to say I was in Western England and maybe even a bit of Ireland. But they they think that. So, I believe. 
Okay, this is how you get hated by an entire Welsh population. I love I, the Welsh. I love your flag. It's got a dragon on it. I love all the accents um, you use. But I believe the word Welsh um, originally means native Britons or something like that. There's a lot of evidence to show that as... I'm pretty sure you're right. Like the, like the word Welsh means natives. Yeah. So there's a lot of evidence that shows that as people came in from Europe, the natives kept getting pushed into Wales. Okay. Well, like or, the, yeah. they would get pushed the other way, right? Yeah. So as people or came they got in from paid Europe, by the letter, which is why they spell things out so long. <laughs> um, so that as people came in from the, the east, east coast, it pushed all the native the populations to the west. Interesting. Um, which is why they reckon still did more good Ireland. The Cornish, the Welsh have their own Scots, languages, yeah. have their own. Yeah. So there's a, the beakers. There's well, Scots don't have their own language, but they they kind of do. They do. They do? Celtic. Yeah. You have Gaelic. Oh, like I'm going to get hated by so much of my country. That's fine. Where's the... I, well, I knew, like, Look, I knew if you guys actually Ireland. listen to us, feel free to shoot me an email. <laughs> it's historythroughannouse at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Tell me where I'm going wrong on this because we hit a lot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or go to our Facebook page or our Instagram. Um, so they don't really know where the beakers went. Um, or what they turned into, because like I said, the beaker... Scottish Gaelic. Okay. So I was wrong. Wait, no. No, so you Ben... said Celtic. Ben was said, right. I so it's the Celtic Irish? I said Gaelic for the Scots, I think. Gaelic is Scottish, yeah. And the Celts are Irish. No, they're a basketball team in Boston. That's <laughs> 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 oh, funny. <laughs> That's interesting, though. So they were just like... Irish also speak Gaelic. Gaelic. Yeah, because... Okay. We're not gonna get into that. <laughs> so my point being is that they were just they were just the migrant people who like Irish showed up. Irish is a spoken language. Irish Gaelic is a Gaelic language of the Celtic languages family. Uh, and then it's a bunch of pictures of Irish singers, starting with Enya. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Huh. Yeah. So they're highly migratory people. And yeah. They just sort of came in. But in left one... this huge mark on everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Do they and continue then, to leave an equally large mark as mark as they move north? So they do. They spread pretty everywhere. Um, I think it's perhaps more. I, this is literally my conjecture. Mm. But if we're taking the new research together, which shows that they basically moved in and found a whole almost empty island, and just basically took over what was already here, the oh, huts right. that were yeah, here, the, yeah. uh, and. They were quite a friendly, not necessarily warring, like warring mm-hmm. tribe. That perhaps that as other people came in, they just kind of liked them, and they assimilated into every co- the cultures that came through. They were obviously, this sounds crazy, but they were obviously a charismatic people. If their trends spread through Europe without them having to spread through Europe with them, yeah, that must be because there was something that they were doing that was popular and cool, for want of a better word. It was pop culture. Which makes me think that as other people came in, maybe their innovative ways, maybe their pop culture what they like, they like, meant that they assimilated into the... They like wandered into like a dying country, maybe. Yeah. I just, it's weird to think that, they, that like... Or they wandered in and then killed the country by accident by giving them plague, I think yeah, is probably more accurate. Stars blankets. Yeah. So it's a really interesting part of history, the Beakers, because it's a really evolving part of history. Because if we'd done this podcast four years ago, we would not have had the information that we have now. And people who think... would have been four years younger. Ben would have been 27. And people... 31? No, 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 sorry. You're not. You turned 31 in 
2018. That's two years ago. Okay. You'd be 29. They... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the point being is that I know that people always think that history's dead, and certainly this kind of history, you feel that because they can't talk, that their secrets have been long lost. But they're actually what giving up... secrets could they have had? They're like, this is how you build a bow. Be like, we know that. Well, my biggest secret was obviously they that moved they were, into... That they were <laughs> a, 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 like a people with a DNA... Like a traceable DNA and not just... Look, honestly, most buttons. Brits now can be traced back to some of these to these people. Oh, I don't consider that. Also that they invented alcohol. Cheers. So they, did they invent it when they got here or did they invent it before they got here? So it's much harder to track who the beakers were in the Europe. Oh, right, in right, the right, Europe right, right. Because in, in the Europe. In the Europe. So it's much harder to track yeah. who the beakers were in mainland Europe because as a people, they are part people, part trend. Yeah. And... With no written language, it's kind of like tracking what the Kardashians did versus what the trends the Kardashians inspired did. Right, yeah. So... Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious because... Kardashians I, inspire trends? Yes, yes, they set trends, yeah. Absolutely. So my thing is, my biggest question is what I had, and this is this is like a, an inkling of knowledge that I've held on from like seven years ago, but... Mesopotamia! It is, it, no, it does, it does apply to... Mesopotamia and that my my sixth grade history teacher they found the first evidence of like alcohol in Mesopotamia people had like were storing wheat in their pots yeah and then the caves would get wet and then the barley would ferment in the water in the pots and they'd be like oh that smells good so I'm gonna sound real stupid nope but where does Mesopotamia where is that like situated in terms of Europe Mesopotamia is like it's Turkey, Ottoman, Egypt, like, it's in that, gen- it's like the Fertile Crescent. It's a Mediterranean, it, it's okay. a Mediterranean country. So they could have been traveling north from there while, when the countries were, because had they, I... The invention of the wheel is credited to the Mesopotamians. Mesopotamia, um, I get it, I get it. We're going to go on a real quick tangent here. Uh, yeah, we haven't already Okay, because that, I don't know what that was. <laughs> that um, was sixth grade. That's the only thing I remember from the sixth All right, guys, grade. I'm going to read you real quick ancient.eu Mesopotamia. At the period that we are talking about, five, so a little BCE 5,000 years ago, mm-hmm. okay, Mesopotamia began with irrigation and agriculture. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what they, they did basically is they dug ditches off of rivers. They mm-hmm. also had... And flooded fields. Yeah, and at this point they had founded a city which puts them like an actual yeah. city. light yeah, yeah, yeah. years ahead of what's going um, yeah. on in England. Yeah. No, Mesopotamia is like the first. No, the, yeah, it's the civilization. It's the first. It's the, it's yeah. the like the beginning. Yeah. It's the, yeah. At the period that we are talking about right now, they are also creating the world's first empire. Mm-hmm. The world's mm-hmm. first laws. Can you show? Is there a map? Looking at the timeline right now. But yeah. Is there a map? I will find. Um, <gasps> I will say that there's a period called the Dark Age of Mesopotamia when a lot of this went back down. The other important uh, inventions go down. Yeah, this is the cradle. I'm sorry, go back up. I meant up. When I said down, I meant up. The cradle of life. Uh, The cradle of civilization. Uh, Common tools, sophisticated weaponry, the chariots, wine, beer. Yeah. Demarcation of time into hours, minutes, and seconds. Religious rites, the sails, sailboats, and irrigation. Okay. So not bifocals. That was Ben Franklin. That was that all wasn't wild even later. Ben Franklin. <laughs> what? I don't think they, I think they've proven that Ben Franklin did not invent the bifocal. I'm gonna have to watch National Treasure again. I'm gonna have to do my fourth grade biography <laughs> dress up. Thank you. Again. Portal over. Um, <laughs> okay. I knew I 
should have been Jackie Robinson. <laughs> so quick, quick digression into Mesopotamia, which yes, um, England is so far behind. Yeah. What still is? Thanks, Mojo. It was so far behind. Everybody um, else is on lockdown except us. Yeah, we're on lockdown too. But everyone else is totally. Well, England was totally behind. Talking about not being linear, we are going to jump back in time next week um, because we're going to look at stone circles, the origins. This is the end of the episode. It is. Okay, so next week we are going to talk about the origins of stone circles, um, why people think they were there, who people think built them. To be fair enough, if like all I was doing was farming and like looking at sheep, I'd be like, "What can I do with this giant rock?" (laughs) Put it in a circle. (laughs) Build a wench. So we're going to look at kind of this was a square you guys. <laughs> we're going to look at kind of the beginnings of religion. We're going to go briefly through what was going on at Henoch at this point, because now we're talking about the first actual real evidence of Henoch. Well, right now in Henoch, people would have been getting the plague. Yes, they right died. now in Henoch, everyone's dead. They'd be fleeing to Cornwall. But Cornwall. next week, we're jumping earlier behind, and we're going back to when people were in Henoch building stone circles. Okay. Um, before they got the plague and died. Um we're just going to, it's basically because, let's face it, at this point, what everyone wants to talk about, what everyone's interested in, is Stonehenge. I don't want to talk, I talked about Stonehenge twice already. I, all I said was Druids, that's enough for me. We're not even talking about the Druids, we're going to talk about Stonehenge. We're talking about the Druids different. after that. I thought um, the Druids made Stonehenge. We're going to find out next week. What? The Beakers, or the Bleakers, or the Bicks, or the... Careful. <laughs> so, the Celts, the after Celts. we do that, we're going to go to the later Bronze Age... And then we're going to be moving into kind of stuff that everyone starts really recognizing as being um, modern history. Although it's not modern history, but it's no longer ancient history. Modern for us. So uh, we'll go into... Basically, I know this is not what... I class modern history as starting when settlements started. Up until this point, everyone's nomadic, everyone's moving around, and there's no written language. If the iPhone didn't exist, I don't consider it to be (laughs) modern history. (laughs) So... We are going to look at what kind of do before you? the beginnings of settlements. They killed each other, got sick. Quarantine without the internet would be the worst. No wonder our parents hated the 70s. <laughs> All right, on that note, guys, you know the drill. Go to iTunes and rate and review us. Give yeah. us five stars. Subscribe. Even if you think we're done. Leave Subscribe. A leave a message. Please communicate back. Tell yeah. us. Let us know when we're wrong. Do um, we have a Facebook page yet? We do have a Facebook page. Yeah, use the Facebook I don't page. even have one like on the Facebook page, mainly because I haven't told anyone about it. And whoever I likes the first, post. whoever's the first person to like the Facebook page gets a we'll special send, treat. We'll send you a rock from the old house. <laughs> Might just be a message from us saying, "Hey, thanks." Um, so please, please, please go ahead, rate and review us. We're going to talk a bit more about Stone Circles. Go back and listen to the other ones, and I will do another short version of this, which is just going to be the history. Guys, one of the things that I would love if you feel like communicating with us is let us know which version of these two you prefer. Honestly, we'll probably keep going on them, but... uh, Oh, also let us know if you just want, like, me or Adam to do, like, our (laughs) version of the history. (laughs) To lead a discussion on what the history could have been. Maybe just lots of jar signs. All right, guys. Mesopotamia by Ben. We will teach you like your sixth graders. All right. And on that note, guys, bye. Thank you. Toodles.